Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. I'm Chaplain Jim Bridgham. And I'm Cameron Dunn. On every episode of The Pillars podcast, we like to find a brief resilience topic that we can present so you can help fix those issues, those challenges you have in your life, and finish a better airman, wingman, and leader. So on today's video podcast, we've already been told to try to stand and sit uh, facing the camera a little bit more. So we decided to make it as awkward as possible at this point. We thought it would be fun stand like this. It looks like we're actually interacting well. Ah, and we're not gonna do that. So we might see uh, some, some bumps as we learn how to use this new style. Frankly, my mom always said that I had a face for radio. So this is a big shift to video. So hopefully you'll get a good smile out of it. But today we're actually interviewing Sergeant Dunn. Sergeant Dunn started as a targeteer in the Air Force and is now cross-trading into what's called the Religious Affairs Career Field, also known as the Chaplain Assistant Career Field. So welcome, Cameron. Thank you. Glad to be here. He has been behind the scenes for at least the last 15 or 20 podcasts as well, running all the equipment, managing all the tasks for this podcast, and correcting all of my edits as we edit them. Okay, so Cameron, why did you join the Air Force? Well, um, I did college for about a year. The, uh, that school scene didn't really work out for me. Wasn't a big fan of uh, going to class and just sitting there for hours and hours on end and not really doing anything with my life. At least that's how I felt. So I wanted to just jump into a job, get into a career field. And uh, my mom was in the military for about eight years. So I was just like, you know, I'm familiar with that. I'm comfortable with that. I'll just go ahead and jump right into that. Uh, did that right after I turned 18. I was in college for about two years before that. Uh, jumped into the military, and then uh, after about eight years, here I am. Wow. So your mom, she was in the Air Force as well. Mm -hmm. um, what did she do? She was uh, ammo. Ammo. So. Okay, outstanding. Well, and we're going to come back to the story with your mom at some point soon, but sure. let's start where you started. Where did you grow up? So um, I grew up majority of my life in Phoenix, Arizona for about 10 years. Uh, before that, I was in Italy because that's where my mom was stationed, and then uh, Pennsylvania shortly before that because that's her hometown. Now, just um, some interesting factoids growing up, uh, there was some interesting living arrangements you had. Yes. Um, so uh, when my mom had me, she couldn't afford me. So she uh, talked to her foster parents at that time, or that she used to have, uh, and she asked them if they would watch me for a okay. few years while she kind of got her feet underneath her, and, so, and they accepted. Okay. So. And what was that like? So you grew up, growing up in a foster family, your mom's off um, doing uh, all the Air Force things, all Air Force goodness at the time. Yep. And um, how did you guys come back together? So um, that's a fun story. Uh, for about five years is how long I grew up with this, these foster uh, parents. And uh, from what I believed at a young age was all right treatment, because that's all I was, all I was used to. Um, it was a pretty toxic environment. Um, when my mom kind of got her feet underneath her, she came back and was like, hey, I'd like to take my child back. And they were like, nope, he's, he's our child now. We, we've been watching him for the past five years. He's our child and we're not giving him back to you. So she was like, wow, okay, um, what, what do I do? So she kind of did her own clandestine missions and started taking me out to get my photos taken. And, those photos really meant passport photos to get me ready to go to Italy, which she just got an assignment to. So she really focused on getting everything in order so we could just up and leave. And I had no idea. I had no idea that this lady, uh, her name was Lori, or is Lori. I had no idea Lori was my real mom. I believed full-heartedly since I was a baby that these were my parents. Um, and so finally she kind of got all her ducks in a row and was like, hey, can I take Cameron out for ice cream? And they were like, of course, sure. So she and how old were you then at this point? I was five years old. Five years old, okay. Five years old, yep. Uh, 
So my mom takes me into a, into a van, as creepy as that is, <laughs> and uh, she's like, hey, you're very lucky. You have two moms that love you very much. Uh, I'm, I'm your real mom. And I was just like, cool, <laughs> totally fine with it. Five-year-old me was just laid back, let it all happen. I think that's why I still am the way I am. And, uh, and I was like, all right, cool. She's like, all right, well, would you like to come with me and live with me in Italy? And I was like, I don't know where that is, but sure. So she, uh, she takes me onto the plane. Right before we get on the plane, she calls back to uh, the, the old foster parents. She goes, hey, I have my son with me. I'm about to leave the country. I'm going to Italy where I've been assigned. Uh, if you have any questions, you can contact me there kind of deal. And uh, she hung up, uh, which I think was kind of a dumb move because uh, immediately the foster parents called the cops. And uh, when she landed in Italy, she was immediately detained by uh, security forces and uh, the local police of Italy. And she had to go to court to kind of fight over why she had legal guardianship of me. And obviously she never gave real guardianship to the foster parents. So it was kind of an easy battle, but it was a international kidnapping, crazy mission that she had to go under. Uh, her supervisors were supportive, but kind of like, you need to have everything in a row or else we're not gonna, we're not gonna help you out. So it was, it was stressful on her. She's a single mother, always has been. Uh, even after I joined the military, about two years later, she got married. So she's been rocking the, the single parent life for, for, for 20, 21 years, almost. Well, I don't meet many people that have been kidnapped internationally <laughs> that end up with a life like yours. So uh, to take all that experience growing up, you grew up a little bit in Italy and then you came back after that? Yep, uh, I was there for about three years. Okay. Uh, my mom was there for a total of five and then uh, she got assignment to Luke Air Force Base in Phoenix or near Phoenix. So you grew up there, you joined the Air Force for target targeting, right? As you mm -hmm. come in, how did you choose that career field or did it choose you? So this is kind of nerdy. I liked Halo and um, when I first started playing- Don't we all? <laughs> um, there was always this map, they always talked about the cartographer and, and I was like, what's a cartographer? And um, it was, you know, you, you draw maps and you navigate and, and mm -hmm. like you, you build. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. This is such a cool thing. So I was like, maybe, maybe that's what I want to do. So I, I go to a recruiter and I was like, I want to, I want to deal with maps. I want to. I want to make maps. And the guy was like, "Oh, I got, got just the job for you, Intel." And I was like, "That sounds great. Let's do it." And uh, so I put it as number one, and immediately got picked up for a geospatial uh, intelligence. And so I, I went to uh, join the military, thinking that I was going to be able to grow a beard, go undercover, be a spy, James Bond, get fancy cars and gadgets. And uh, that was not quite the life the Air Force had planned for me. So, did you enjoy your time? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I. Uh, I loved. Um, targeting and Intel, it was, it was a lot of fun, um, a lot of good connections and the, the unique culture that Intel lives in. Um, we really made the best out of what we could with who we could talk to, right? It's our coworkers that we feel most comfortable with. And um, as a young airman, all, all the airmen kind of just teamed up and was a support network in South Dakota. There's not much around, so we kind of became our own little clique and our own little family. Um, but as I, as I got older and, and got married, I, I wanted to fill more of the Air Force mission I wanted to deploy. And, uh, due to some issues, I, I can't deploy as a targeteer because I don't have the proper certifications and I can't get, get those because of medical reasons. So I wasn't quite feeling fulfilled in that in that position. And that's why you came over to the Chaplain mm -hmm. Assistant Religious Affairs NCO career field. Mm -hmm. okay. yep. And what's your experience been like in that year of being over here? <sighs> it's been amazing. Um, really got hands-on and just helping with people. Um, I saw when they were formerly called Chaplain Assistants back in Ellsworth, uh, I had a very uh, volatile friend, very suicidal, uh, dealing with a lot of issues, and the chaplain assistants always held this kind of Thursday night gig uh, right outside the dorms, and he would always go, and it really helped him kind of week by week kind of get him to the next, well, I gotta attend the next one, it's always fun. 
And so I saw kind of the impact they had, and it was always kind of in the back of my, my mind, like, if I could have an impact on somebody and just, you know, help them with their own struggles, like, absolutely. So then when I got the opportunity to cross-train, I was like, chaplain assistant, absolutely, or religious affairs. So in the chaplain corps, we have the chaplain role and the religious affairs NCO, again, also formerly known as chaplain assistant. And a lot of folks believe we're just sitting in a chapel praying, waiting for that person to come in for counseling. And that is the furthest uh, yeah, situation from the definitely. truth. I mean, it's nowhere near reality. A lot of times we're the counselors, the advisors, the coaches going around helping people and in every possible situation. We could have a suicidal ideation first thing, then the next one is someone's just having a rough day or just needs some encouragement. And usually they're back to back for us. So what Cameron does a lot of are those walk-in counseling slash coaching situations where someone comes up and just needs some help and just needs an encouraging word as an NCO. Sometimes folks feel more comfortable reaching out to him as a fellow NCO, someone who's been in the intelligence world for a long time, uh, than talking to me. Uh, and that, that, has that been the case for you? Yeah, um, people people really do open up to, you kind of know my suck, you know the, the struggles I've been through. Um, and not only that, it's I was assigned to one of the squadrons here on base, so not only is it you have the same job as me, but I am also familiar with you because you're part of my squad, my old squadron, or, or you are a sister squadron to me. So it was a it's very like amazing opportunity to just kind of have that opportunity for people to just be like, I feel comfortable with you. So when you go around, you'll go do some visitation, usually with our mental health technician, psychologist, or me. And usually we go with at least two and a dog. So we have Moses and Lady will go around, usually one or the other. When you walk into a work center, so you walk, walk into a section in one of the buildings with a dog, what do you hope to get out of that interaction? What do you hope to do? To interrupt as much work as possible, just like you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, um, usually it's just a, what I want to get out is just have people hopefully a little bit more relaxed, a little less off edge. Um, coming from eight years, I know that a daily grind and a constant source of taskers can kind of kind of wear on you a little bit. So just kind of getting that, hey, here's a here's a dog in your office. Here's kind of somebody to just be like, hey, how you doing today? And I actually do care. Like you can open up to me uh, and just kind of tell me about kind of the daily struggle right now. Um, really the big thing to get out of it is just kind of take that edge off, hopefully somebody. And they can just be like, I think I'm good for today and just keep going. And sometimes just sharing that encouraging word is a huge thing. Just walking in and saying, I've been there, I, under I understand what you're going through in this situation. It's huge. Okay, so I wanna get some other questions so people get to know you a little bit sure. more. Uh, and we did prime you with this before, to be honest. And that's a great play on words, so <laughs> priming him. So what is your favorite documentary or movie? So it's, it's a true documentary, but definitely the uh, 1986 uh, Transformers animated movie. And I would say it transformed my life. <laughs> I have no <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what I'm here for. There's nothing good to follow that up with. Here we are. Uh, it it really goodness. is a wonderful movie. I grew up with that movie and have seen it I don't know how many times. It, it's quite good. Yeah, I watch it uh, at least yearly, if not more. So it's a family tradition of me. <laughs> Why do you think it's your favorite movie? Honestly, I don't know. It was just uh, when I was young, um, it was on a VHS and I was a little sheltered because it was Italy. We didn't have a lot of uh, TV that I could really understand. Uh, so to have this movie of, I mean, transforming robots, fighting each other, good versus evil. And, you know, the it was kind of in depth. And when I was young, I didn't really realize it, that sometimes good doesn't always come out on top. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's very eminent in the beginning of the movie. But, you know, they do go through their struggle just like we do. And, 
in our careers and in Intel, it's, you, you deal with the kind of pain and, but you'll get past it. You know, this, this too shall pass type deal. Okay. And then this is actually a follow on, but favorite book. So comic books uh, by far are my, my favorite type of books, if you will. And what was your favorite one? Because we've talked about this before. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool uh, mixed with cable comic okay. books. Um, specifically, I don't remember the issue or the title, but it's when Deadpool and Cable uh, deal with a cult of the ones, uh, is what they call themselves, I believe, and they're blue-skinned, and uh, for once, Deadpool kind of feels like he fits in and not being such an outcast, because he can kind of get rid of the blemishes, get rid of his his cancer, his scars, and he looks just like everybody else. He's, he's part of a group, part of something bigger than him, which I liked. Well, and what's interesting, one of the reasons we share this, these books and movies and documentaries with y'all isn't to make you go watch them, but to say, why do we watch? Why do we like what we like? And if you hear the themes coming out here, you can hear the theme of finding community in the second one, even if it's Deadpool, um, <laughs> which must be a fun community. And not that I've ever seen those movies. That's the joke, folks. But the second one here, it, it, when you look at... Um, the good versus evil and recognizing sometimes it can be life can be hard and that's part of the themes that run your life seeing you around knowing that you can understand when people are going through tough times and also helping them find community or a community builder next question so you have a giant billboard anywhere you mm -hmm. put it up you can say anything you want what would you put on that billboard i think just two simple words just listen you know a lot of people have a lot to share and a lot that maybe they just need to get off their chest and really just kind of talk about and uh you know, the, the saying of God gave us two ears, one mouth type deal, listen twice as much as you speak. I think that uh, that could go a long way for not just, you know, airmen in general, but like especially NCOs, you know, supervisors, frontline supervisors that have that direct impact on somebody's life and career is just, you know, listen to them, see what their, see what their struggle is, see what, how we could help each other out. And one maybe last question, or uh, and, and you can elaborate on this, or we can go further with it. Let's say there's someone listening. They're still a first-term airman. They've been around the block a little bit. They want some encouragement. Maybe they feel a little stuck in their job. They don't know what to do next. They want to grow. Uh, why I appreciate you is you are who you are. Like you're authentic. <laughs> like you're not a mold. You you are a mold breaker. You don't fit the mold a lot. But you've been very successful. You just won NCO the quarter. You've won a number of awards. I mean, you've done very very well in your career. Thanks. So. What advice would you give to that person who maybe feels stuck, they feel compelled to fit into a specific mold? What, what advice would you give them? Oh, man, that's, that's a tough one. Um, kind of going back to that mold, mold breaker, is everybody's trying to fit in the mold. And when everybody looks the same, everybody is the same. Uh, and I'll, I'll nerd out, right? The Incredibles, uh, they talk about when everybody's super, nobody's super. And that's kind of the same thing. If everybody fits in that mold of, you know, maybe I need to get this award, so I need to go volunteer three times a week. Well, everybody's volunteering three times a week, so what's going to set you kind of differently? Like, be, be yourself. If Maybe that's not what you like to do. Maybe you like to, I don't know, just help around the office, or you like to, I don't know, just stay authentic. Kind of, kind of the same theme. It's just be yourself. Be yourself. I like it. Be yourself and just listen. Those are some adv pieces of advice that if we took, we would improve our lives this week immediately. Okay, is there anything else we should have asked? 
I don't know, is there? <laughs> I don't know, I don't think so. We're also under some great lighting right now, so it's been awesome. I hope you guys have enjoyed our journey as we've improved the pillars. We wanna thank Catherine for all of her help. She's behind the scenes working all of these things for us. She's wonderful. We wanna thank our whole public affairs staff, Bob, and so forth. We don't, won't give last names, but they're amazing helping us, Bob and Lori as well getting uh, through this growth opportunity. We want to thank you for listening and watching as we continue to improve this podcast, hit topics and, and things that might help you. If you have some ideas for topics or something that you want us to cover, a person to interview, please reach out to us in the global address list. You can find us all there on the Air Force Gal. And otherwise, we just want to thank you for what you do. And that's authentic. We know your jobs are hard. We know you have a lot of things to do in your day. And we just appreciate you listening and tuning in for a little bit. So we hope you have a great day.